So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episode four of season five, Love After Lockup. On this episode, Justine and Michael's mom disagree on tattoos and parenting. Gabby thinks Chris is cheating, so she stands him up at this train station. Nathan dresses up as an old man for Skylar, and she likes it. Monique doesn't want to go to the casino with Derek. And Cameron has big plans for rap videos, despite Eris's protests. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. I think I am working this time. This is the second attempt at recording because my first <laughs> sure. time my microphone was metered and I got it this time. So okay, we're, good, we're doing a little good. better for you. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. We were talking about uh, it's a winter time and it feels that way, right? Yeah, this is the this is the long stretch of any. I think we 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 always associate with the school year, and yes. it always it always I always forget that for everybody else, this is the beginning of the year, and, right. and that's not September, right? But for us, it's like feel like this is the stretch, a long stretch in the middle that you just got to power through, right? Definitely. Before spring break, right? So we have right. other couples that are trying to power through. Yeah, and we got one couple that maybe isn't powering through in the traditional way, at least. Mm-hmm. I, we just saw them for a little bit, and that's Eris and Cameron. So they are six hours out of prison, and they're driving to, driving to Kentucky to get to his halfway house from Ann Arbor, where he got let out of prison. So he has a 24-hour furlough, and he so he needs to be to the halfway house by nine, or he'll end up back in prison, which seems like more time than most of them get, actually. So he's been waiting 30 long months to be out of here, which also feels like a shorter time than most of the other people we've talked to. <laughs> so in the car, he starts you – know, he's smoking a big blunt and also talking about making – like how excited he is to be making these crazy-ass like booty-slapping rap videos with oh, like all these you know hot women around. And Eris is warning him about the boundaries that are now going to come with that since he's – you know. In, in a relationship now. So he's really excited to get back to the ho- hotel room for predictable reasons, even though okay, his prison sentence, again, was less than three years. And it's always funny that they, just like everybody else, when they, they say, how long has it been since you've been with a woman? It's always like exactly the amount of time that they were in prison. It's like 30 months. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's it. Sometimes it's less and you're like, what happened there? <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's never like you think like, oh, I was I had a dry spell before we went to prison. It's like, nope, like – this is it right here. So um, anyway, so he tells us about muffin time, which seemed to be some sort of motorboating thing. The less the said about it is probably the better. Yeah. So they make out in the car for a while and kind of cover up the cameras with this hoodie. So eventually we do get to a hotel, though, because we see kind of the aftermath. They're in bed surrounded by Reese's peanut butter cups and a bottle of tequila <laughs> Um, and talking about how amazing it was. That's literally the only word he said was amazing, amazing. So they get dressed and get on their way to the halfway house where he'll be for 60 days. So she says it's hard to see him go in and hopes that once he gets out, they he'll be able to travel so they can just go down to Florida together. All right. So do you think do you think we finally got this out of the system or is this this couple's entire thing going to be just him talking about how much he wants to have sex? Uh, he's worse than uh, Chris from Chris and Gabby because Chris was kind of like that too. You're just like, ah, why are you talking about this? Yes. Um, especially Chris was especially with these people. Like this is right, not – Right, right. And there's a camera on you. Come on now. Uh, 
but I think that they must not have much of a storyline. I wonder if it's because they don't stay together for very long or if it's just because they just don't have a lot of drama, which I find very hard to believe because Cameron, he actually reminds me a lot of Derek. They're just very much people that want to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. And they're going to drag their partner along or yep. they're going to fight all the time. And yeah. so I just – I don't right. see this being a conflict-free relationship. So I, I don't know why. But also it's suspicious because we've only seen them half the episodes that they've aired so far. Right. And which which does usually point to a couple that's not going to be around uh, right. for the long haul. Or a couple that has a weak storyline that can't sustain any kind of interest or drama. Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of am with you. Because so far we just got that thing where it's like, well, you know, we have one primary concern that both of us really want to do as soon as you get out, right? And so there's yeah. no conflict yet because right. both of them are on the same page, right? With yes. what's going to happen. And then – Muffin time. Yeah, muffin time. Exactly. <laughs> and then once that happens – and we see this, like you said, in Monique and Derek's story. Then we ca- then we kind of see the differences of how they, what they think this is going to be like afterwards. And I think we saw a little bit of a shadow of that with him mm-hmm. being like, "Oh man, after I get out of the halfway house, it's time to make some rap videos." Like yeah, ninety and like ninety style rap videos, just like find women in skippy clothing and big butts. Let's go. We're just that's right. it. That's the video. That's the idea. Let's move. Yeah, I wonder if he has access to like the modern day like YouTube or anything like that. So is he, if he's even seen music videos, if he knows that they're not as much of a thing as he I think thinks they are. Right. And that's what I was saying. I, was, I, I as I said that, I was like, well, I think of that as like a 90s maybe early 2000s rap video, right? Just right. like, here's me like deal like throwing around money and there's butts by my face, right? That's, yes, that's shiny pretty, butts usually. Yes. There's a lot of shiny things <laughs> going on. Right. And so I think of that as like an old style rap video. But then I was like, wait a second. I don't know what any new rap videos look like because I don't watch music videos anymore. And I, I don't- guess they kind of look the same. Um, I go to this bar sometimes and when they have their DJ, they play two like uh, music videos that are shown on the monitors. And so I would say that I've seen a few uh, rap videos that are more recent and they're kind of the same. He's not wrong. There's a lot of shiny plastic clothes, I would say. Sure. A lot of bling that's all still a thing. Well, yeah, the bling I imagine was so. Yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking about these mumbly rappers that we have now, right? Right. Because that's what that's what that's what I feel like it all is. It's all like this similar beat. But of course, I'm old now, so I'm always like, oh, if it sounds the same, which is what everybody <laughs> said about all music when I was a kid too. But right. it's like they all. I just I don't see the mumbly rappers who are like low. It's kind of like low energy mumbling with the rap. Yeah. And I was like, I don't see that going with really shining off the bling and having the girls in their boobs and. Asses well, everywhere. That is one right? thing that I would say is a bit of a difference. When I'm describing some of these um like women that are like, you know, curvy and like they're in their like 
patent leather cat plastic. suits. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's because those are the artists. I don't know. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yes. Right. They're not exactly like the rap video hoes of like back in the day. You know, I don't know if that's still a thing. Right. And but that seems like what Cameron thinks his rap videos right. are going to be. Right. And so yeah. that that's kind of just going into that. Isn't he too old to really be making a break into the rap industry? It's like right. if you're yeah. if you're coming out with these. Said that. Yeah, you have mentioned that quite often about or questioned some of these uh, wannabe artists. It's like, well, if you haven't made it now, is there a chance for you? And I kind of wonder if Eris is going to bring that because she's going to want him to move to Florida. And if his scene is in Cincinnati, I don't know that he's going to want to do that. And I is don't there know how a scene in Cincinnati? That. That's the other thing. It's like, all right. Well, it seems to me like Florida would be just as good of a place as Cincinnati to like start a rap video or a rap career. It depends on what part of Florida, I assume. Like, I don't know that how there's I don't know. I guess all parts. That, I don't know. It's always weird because it was it was surprising to me when Atlanta was like, oh, Atlanta is hip hop now. OK, like that's it. Like that made sense to me. I, I don't know. But. but it was like there's <laughs> lots of places that have a big population of people that, of people that could get into it. It's like randomly like Atlanta popped up and then there was a few out of Houston for a while. I mean, there's scenes that make sense, right? Mm-hmm. But there's also like places that I was like, why hasn't there been a huge Philadelphia rap scene, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, Fresh Prince, isn't he from <laughs> Philadelphia? <laughs> well, he was born and raised. <laughs> yeah, I don't right? know, Boys to Men, they're Philadelphia. They were from Philadelphia, that's true. Yeah. There's a few, but yeah. Who's ever heard of anyone from Cincinnati? I don't know. I'm not saying there's not, but at least they're not trying to rep Cincinnati. Yeah, I don't hear a bunch of like, yes, this is the the Cincinnati sound that people are coming up. But right. Maybe there is and it's just not big. Like I, that always happens to me like because I'm between Baltimore and D.C. Mm-hmm. And Baltimore has a distinct style of music that's like Baltimore club music. And when I explain, when I say that to anybody outside of here, they're like, what are you talking about? And I was like, it sounds like this. And then you go to DC and they have go-go and everybody's like, you mean like the dancers in the sixties? I'm like, no, go-go, like DC go-go. And like, so I could see Cincinnati having a sound and being, you know, seeming like a big deal there Mm -hmm. outside of Cincinnati. Everybody's like, what are you talking about? What's Cincinnati sound? This is, that's not a thing. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to another guy and another couple that are, you know, just trying to be flashy. That's Monique and Derek. So Monique and Derek are comparing notes on how the sex went the night before, hours before. It's hard to say. And Monique says it was a seven or eight out of ten. She thinks it's because he's young and didn't really focus on the foreplay. Derek says it was real good. He's never had sex with a BBW before, but he's had relevant experience with thicker women and taller women. Monique is trying to get reassured that Derek isn't going anywhere when he gets a call. Monique insists he pick up right there, but Derek is hesitant. Monique wants him to call the number back and Derek calls back and there's just static, which seems real suspicious to Monique. Derek says it's breaking news and he doesn't want to say who the person was that called him, but he said Mm. it was a girl. He then wants to take a shower and gets Monique to join him. After the shower, Derek is really feeling himself. I mean, a lot. He's wearing his Gucci and his $30,000 Cartier watch. He's asking Monique to take a lot of pictures of him as he's just feeling the energy, posing. 
They go out for dinner uh, on their first official date, and Derek is ordering everything off the menu as he's excited to eat everything. So, like, lamb, steak, lobster, crab legs. Uh, They're sipping on champagne when Derek pauses to ask Monique to take some more pictures. Monique is fine letting him have his moment. Derek then is feeding Monique, and he thinks it's romantic, but Monique feels like he's treating her like a kid. Derek says he can't go back to prison simply because of the food. Derek wants to keep the party going, so he wants to go to the casino as Monique yawns and says that she's feeling tipsy. Derek says that she needs to go to the ATM and get some cash, and Monique says that his life before prison was gambling and selling drugs, so this is all worrying her. She wants to go back to the hotel, and Derek says he'll be at the casino with or without her. Then during the commercial break, we find out that Derek is showy and he tells us he paid for everything he could pay for in prison to look uh, good, like, you know, paying $5 for laundry. And then Derek, uh, you know, we come back. Derek begs Monique to let him have a good night. Derek runs into one of his homies from the neighborhood and talks to him about going to the casino later and they exchange numbers. Monique asks to see his phone and she immediately deletes this guy's number. Derek asks, what's the deal? As Monique looks like she's going to cry. She also picks up the check, which comes out to be $506. And they leave the restaurant. And now Monique is looking annoyed as Derek runs into more of people he knows. They all welcome him home as he gets into the car. She asks if he knew them. And he says yes. And then Monique starts crying and Derek tries to comfort her. Uh, Derek says that Monique doesn't want him to have friends because she's used to being there for him and the only one there for him. Derek says he won't forget about her and he still needs her. They're driving back and Derek says that he's feeling lucky and wants to go to the casino. Monique asks him for money if he's just wanting to spend it and throw it away. And Derek knows she's probably feeling some kind of way since she's always known where he's been and always kind of been in control. Monique tells him that if he leaves now, he might as well not come back. Derek tells her that he might not even be gambling. He just wants the energy of the casino. He leaves, it seems like, but he just went to grab a Red Bull and he comes back hoping she'll change her mind. And he's right because Monique agrees to go to the casino, but she's doing it not happy, super irritated. And Derek is just generally confused. All right. So, you know, we kind of see that Monique is trying to set some boundaries and trying to put her foot down. But in the end, Derek kind of got his way. So how do you kind of see all this playing out? Do you think Monique is going to end up leaving or is she just going to kind of go along with Derek and his whimsical ways? (sighs) I mean, it does. This kind of makes it seem like she's just going to be Derek's tail, right? Yeah. Like just following him around everywhere because I don't see her literally ever letting him go anywhere alone. Like Right, right. Right. The way the way everything all went down, it was just like either I go with you or you don't go. You might be able to wear me down enough where I'll, you know, condescend to go with you. Like, Mm -hmm. fine, you can get me that. But you're not going to get me to the point where I just let you go to a casino alone, which I don't know. This guy and me see things very differently. I don't <laughs> I don't dislike casinos, right? All right. But the energy of a casino sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's fun if you're like there and you're playing and you're winning. But if you're like yeah. that involved in the games, it's like 
okay, it's just a bunch of people silently pumping coin, hitting a button yeah. over and over again at the if slot the machine, slots, and a bunch of people playing the tables. Yeah, but and, and, and most of the casinos I've ever been to are like the tables are a bunch of dealers sitting there waiting for somebody to sit down at the table. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Then, and then like maybe one or two people silently playing whatever game they have, and that's it. Like the people aren't. The table the casinos I've been to, and I've been to, you know, I've been to Atlantic City, I've been to Vegas, I've been to the random casinos that are he, that are here, and it, it they're all like that. Like, and it's just it, the people who are playing aren't like, you know, high fiving each other and having a good time. It's just like silently playing. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't see all of this going well because as we've heard from before this episode, Derek is um paroling to his uh grandma's house, right? Right. So Monique already is not going to be able to be with him all the time and she already has plans on how to monitor him by installing all those uh surveillance cameras at grandma's house and it's just like Derek, especially if he doesn't think he's being monitored, you know he's going to be out all the time. So I don't think it's going to be a situation where he's like bringing back women or anything like that. But she even said his, uh, I guess, vice is gambling. So mm-hmm. I see this dude being at the casino all the time. And if anything's For going sure. down, it's at the casino. Yeah. I mean, it's like that. He seems – he definitely already seems like that friend that always wants to go to one bar too many. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? And they're just like, nah, we'll stay out. And you're like – and then it's always a mistake when you go with them to the bar. Right. You shouldn't have gone to that last bar. Right. Um, and, and because that seems like where she was, right? She was yeah. just like – because it was hard to get a gauge of time. Like what time was it when they were done with dinner? Because I kind of feel like the way they shot the show, it was like – Oh, it's like 6.30 or 7 or like maybe even 8. And he's mm-hmm. like, night's just beginning. Let's go, right? Yeah. Let's hey, let's go, go to something else. And she was like, I'm tired. I just want to go home. You're dumb. Let's go to bed. I just want to go home and go to bed. And kind of made her seem lame. But I could also, now that I'm thinking about it, see that whole thing went down at like 11.30. And he's like, night is young. Let's go. And she's like, right. uh... <laughs> This is sounds yeah, horrible. I mean, it could go either way because uh, I know that we hear this a bunch about how if you're filming for a reality show, what exactly. should take an hour or two for a meal ends up being like a three to four hour, you know, photo shoot, essentially. I mean, it literally was a photo shoot with him oh, having Monique take that. pictures all the time. But she said that she was tipsy. So I almost want to be like, oh, well, she was also really sleepy because she was just just like drinking champagne. And that would be me. I'd be like, I need a bed immediately. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely, I definitely know people like that. You among them that are just like, yeah. drink, 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 have fun. And then that last drink, you're like, bedtime now. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I, I can also see that. And for me, it, even if I'm drinking in the middle of the day and I'm just like, okay, I'm drunk. I need to go to sleep. Doesn't matter what time it is. I need to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I, so I could see that. But then, I don't know. It seemed like his buddy or whatever that was there, he was re- yeah. he was ready to keep going. And that was weird. Like that whole exchange was like weird. She was like, how do you know him? He's like, what do you mean how do I know him? He's like a person. I, 
first I thought he was just some random dude that he saw like standing over there. And I was like, oh, they're Gucci friends because his friend was wearing like a Gucci hat. And I'm like, they're wearing matching (laughs) Gucci prints, you know, because it didn't sound like he really knew him. He's like, what's good around here? You know, it's just like, all right. And then it's like. I was also confused. So I was with Monique when she was like, do you know that guy? And he was like, uh, yeah, kind of. He's from the neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of people like that. Like it could be like, you know, that person from high school because they're not even that old, right? Right. That person from high school that you knew and you kind of know his name, but you don't really know anything about him, but they're there and they're like – and since they're there and of course this guy's going to go over because there's cameras and everything filming. Like it's always filmed over there. Oh, Oh, you. I know you. You know? That could yeah. see that, that that could be so his but of course his version of high school is just guys in the neighborhood, right? Yeah. And yeah. those are kind of the people in the neighborhood. If you just know people through the neighborhood, like you know you, I don't even know his last name. That's you know, that, that that's Chris. Like right. Chris what? And I was like, oh Chris from the neighborhood. What do you want me to say? Like Right, right. <laughs> yeah, there's no uh like any kind of attendance roll call or something being called out in class when you're Wait, what do they call the school of hard knocks? Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and but man, she just she took care of that real quick too, right? Yeah. But- I was just like, that is so rude. And I just the way he he has come out like in his personality, he seems to be very opinionated. He also seems to be really social. Like, I just – I don't see this. I don't see it going very far at all. Unless like, it one person is just like – well, I should say, unless Monique is willing to just – because Derek is going to just dump her. He's like, this ain't worth it. Yeah, it's going to be like – um, oh, God, what's his face? The other one, the girl from Houston and um, him and he was on for a couple seasons and they had the thing on the Ferris wheel. But it was a, it was a similar thing where he got out hmm. and she had the daughter – and he was like, I'm oh, committed, right. I'm committed. And then he got out and was like, no, this is way too much fun to be strapped down with you. I'm oh, done with yeah. This. The one who had the um, – wasn't he cheating on her with yes. Chai Town or something? Yeah, that's right. That was And him. we remember all that, but we can't remember their stupid names. I know exactly who you're talking about though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I, – but I, I can see it being that. When they, were, when they were in prison, when he was in prison, he didn't have anybody else to talk to. He didn't have anything else to do. But all of a sudden yeah. now the casino is right there. Like, right, uh, right. The difference between that couple that we're referring to because I can't remember their names and this couple is that that other couple, at least that guy like tried to make it seem like he was in it, you know, for a while. Derek, yeah. I don't even think he didn't even care to like pretend. I mean, but I think he they did it a little bit differently, right? Mm-hmm. Because that that way that one had a um she had a daughter, right? And so yes. he was like, I'm gonna be a good dad of his daughter, I'm gonna be a good wife. And this we don't have that. So he thought he he I think he kind of thinks it's gonna be you're my partner in crime. We'll go to the casino together, we'll go to the club together, we'll just go out yeah. the town and have a good fun, have a lot of fun. Like he wasn't he really wasn't saying, oh, let me ditch you and go to the casino. He was like, I'm going to go to the casino. Let's go together. And she was like, nah. He was like, well, I'm still going to go then. And she was like, really, nah. And then – but I think it's a little bit different. I still he, think he wants her around, but he wants he wants to have that party lifestyle with her to, with her at his side right now. And she is not – she is not Honestly, about that. Honestly, I think he wants the money. You know, she ended up picking up the check at the end of the day and then he asked her to go to the ATM to get some cash. So I doubt it's his own cash. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that was, I mean, not surprised by what they got. They got like enough to 
three meals worth of food because they right. took away how much food in the doggy bags, yeah. right? Of like at a nice restaurant where it was like a thing. And so it was they said it was like five hundred dollars. Yeah. Or something like that. Which well they is also like, ordered champagne too. Oh, true, 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 true. I forgot about it. And she drank enough of it to get tipsy. So Yeah. Like that, so that is a I, um I'm just I think that's why he's in it. You oh, know, he can tolerate it, having sex with her or whatever. I think feel like that's his only contribution I, to this relationship. And I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to do that. If there's – I think his sisters were kind of right. As soon as the option comes up for a skinnier woman, I think he was like, I get in there and did what needed to be done. <laughs> oh, God. He's like, I'm in and out, literally. She was like, there's no foreplay. He's like, I'm in He's like, out. listen, I had an objective. <laughs> like he, he talked about it like he was a Marine. It was like we had mission objectives that we met. <laughs> we got out of there as quick as we could. Oh, my goodness. What I thought was really funny is when they were kind of having this um, uh, disagreement over the, uh, you know, the casino. And even when he was confronting her about, you know, uh, the whole like uh, her trying to control him with like uh, erasing the contact from his phone. It was so funny to me that he was standing up. Yeah, he kept standing because, up. Yeah, he kept standing up. But I think it's because even with her sitting down, like she's taller than him. And so it was oh. almost like he wanted to see like <laughs> eye to eye. So he had to stand up just to see eye to eye to her. Because when they were in the car together, that was when it really occurred to me. Oh, my gosh. She is she's, like yeah, giant way taller than compared him. to yeah. him. Like, And it's not even just like a, a weight thing. She's significantly taller than him. Oh, she's got a, She he, seems like she has him by like a foot. Yeah, like, and she's yeah. and it, he, he, she just dwarfs him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, it was um, Chevelle and Quaylen. Oh, That's yes. That's what we were thinking about. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, let's go with let's go with Justine and Michael. So Justine is quite a bit salty that Mocha showed up for the picnic when she thought it was supposed to be just for family. But the rest of the family seems to be happy to see Mocha, who says that he's more family to Michael than anybody else because he was there for him all the time. So Michael's mom pulls Justine aside to talk about how last night went, which I wouldn't want to know about my son and daughter-in-law, but okay. And inquire if there's any more grandmabies on the way, maybe. And then we see Michael talking to Michael Sr. Michael tells uh, his dad that he wishes... He kind of would have got more visits from his father in prison, but his dad just breaks down crying about how hard it was for him to see Michael in that situation. He said, every time I visited, it was like six months just to get over it. And then that's all over now. And then, you know, he now Michael is here to take over when he needs to take over. So they ask about his kids and Justine, and that kind of seems like an issue between his family and her. Specifically, they think that Justine and her style of discipline is too lax with her kids. And there ends up being a side conversation with Justine and Michael's mom to talk about it. So she's very concerned that her granddaughter is going to end up with tattoos just like Justine's daughter, especially since Justine's daughter has tattoos because Justine just took her to get them when she was like 15 or 16. So Justine thinks that what she allows her daughter to do is none of that hit Michael's family's business. And in the conversation, that's when we start to get the uh, the D word popping up everywhere is disrespect. You're disrespecting me. I didn't raise my children to talk to me like this. And Justine was like, well, that's why I'm not your child. So anyway, everyone is still, they break up. Everyone's trying to decompress or vent or whatever it is. And Justine is talking to her daughter, Kylie, who 
she says, whatever, she has tattoos, but she's a great student and she's a good kid. So there's another pull aside where uh, Michael's sister Anne pulls uh, Justine aside to talk things out. So Anne says that her mother was just being honest and didn't deserve to be spoken to uh, disrespectfully like she was, uh, specifically more disrespectfully than any of her children where you would talk to her. So Anne mourns that Michael won't put up with Justine talking to his mom this way. And then we get a lot of overtalk and bleeping. So Michael gets called over real quick to check his girl. And they all kind of yap at Michael, like two sides, like both yelling at Michael to make their case. So Michael doesn't understand why this had to go down like right now in this situation. Uh, but he does take Justine's side. He tells his family they need to just chill. And it's not going to be like it was in the past when they could like, yell at his other partners. <laughs> so he warns that uh, if they can't learn to be cool around Justine, then there's going to be problems. So they obviously don't like hearing that and still feel like Justine was unacceptably disrespectful. So the more Justine talks, the more everyone just starts cursing at each other. Uh, but they, they kind of go and check in with Mocha and, and his other bros and they're like, they get it because the Bible says that your wife needs to come first. So that's the first <laughs> we've heard of anybody uh, invoking that. So, okay. Everyone goes away angry. Aunt thinks that Justine's gifts gonna be can be replaced, and mom thinks that she was the one who since she was the one who introduced them and brought them together, then she can break them apart. So back at the house, everyone is tired and the kids need showers. And Justine's tired and over it, but Michael wants to hash things out. So he says that he should have been a little more she should have been a little more mindful, you know, just just a little, just be a little chiller. You can still say what you have to say, but say it better so he won't have to constantly be squashing beef between his wife and his family. But she, he, he's really just disappointed that he gets out of prison and like day one has to be put in the, be the middleman in this argument. But she passive aggressively is just like, well, it's going to happen again. So he knows this is going to get resolved tonight and walks out. He even says that like <laughs> the first, this is the most, more stressful than anything that he's dealt with in prison already. Um, all right. So, I mean, on a scale of like one to forever, like how disrespectful did you think Justine was to, to mom? Um, I feel like it wasn't that disrespectful, but at the same time, I feel like she could have just kept her mouth shut because, I mean, she even says like, well, you know, you're going to go do your thing because it doesn't seem like they live in the same area. Right. So it's mm -hmm. like, you're going to go, you do your thing. I'm going to go do my thing. So if that's really the case, why does it matter? Honestly, I would have just lied to mom's face and been like, oh, okay, like, um, I respect like that. Uh, you know, if I have to make a difficult decision like that, maybe I'll choose differently. I don't know. Or something just to keep the peace. Like, who cares? Yeah. At the end of the day, just do whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like Justine got triggered because it's one of those things where the mom was like, I was just telling you what I thought about it. But the way mm -hmm. her, the mom's way of phrasing it was like, hey, I just want to make sure that my granddaughter doesn't grow up to be a shitbag like your daughter that you've raised to be a terrible, awful person. Oh, and it's God. like, oh, uh, <laughs> I don't and I don't know if that's that's what she what she meant to say, but that's certainly what Justine heard. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, I feel like where grandma was coming from was that, you know, it was like, well, you know, Goody over here is going to look over at your daughter and be like, hey, why is she allowed to do that? Why can't mm -hmm. I do that? And it's like, if she's really going to be that influenced, it's like, to me, it's like, it's just the same as the kids at school. You know, is she going to see the kids at school do that and all of a sudden feel like, wait a second, I should be rebelling. I should be able to have those rights, too. 
and they might. And some kids, some kids absolutely yeah. do, right? And but but yes, it's not any different because the obvious explanation is why does she get to do that and I don't? It's like because you have different moms. Right. Like end of story. Like <laughs> that's her yeah. mom lets her do that and your mom doesn't. Like every 16-year-old understands that. Now, might they rebel against it? Absolutely. Do they understand where it what the what the difference in the situations is? Also, yes. Yeah, and I was going to say, you can't blame Justine for that, you know? It's like, she's not the one telling her, hey, I would I would let you get a tattoo. Let's go talk to your mom. And, you know, Justine's not trying to get involved like that. No, and it was a weird hill to die on was the tattoos, yeah. right? Like, that was, that was a weird – especially because Michael has a ton of tattoos. Right. <laughs> right? And so it was weird to come after Justine for like, I don't want my granddaughter having tattoos. Be like, I'm – like, especially because I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen, lady. It might not happen until she's 18, yeah. but I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. It does seem like an odd parenting choice just in general. You know, like um, I actually have a, a friend who I think he let his daughter under 18 get her nose pierced, her belly button pierced. And I want to say she got a tattoo Fairly mm-hmm. recently. I mean, she was it was all like within the span of like, I think, 15 to 17. So it wasn't like yeah. super, super young. But I don't know. I just. I, I, oh, no. Yeah. I don't get the things that. And I'm not saying you can't reverse them. Obviously, there's, you know, tattoo removal services and there's well, different you can with just, the take you just take out your piercing. Yeah. But there's always going to be some kind of sign that something was there. It's not going to be completely, you know, like how it was before and i just don't understand anything that is like body altering like that why you would want to have those decisions made when maybe you'll change your mind later but then i don't know i guess you could also argue like people are piercing their kids ears like when they're babies and you know Mm -hmm. or very very young and that seems to be okay why not other body parts. Yeah, I mean, and to me, the, the, the to me the, the biggest one is the tattoo because that's like the one that's most irreversible, the hardest to right. reverse, right? Because yeah. you're right. Even if even there's scarring, then it's involved with the removal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's and it, and that's just me, and it's tricky because I just I don't necessarily get tattoos; they don't appeal to me at all, mm-hmm. um, and I don't I don't have a desire to get one, and so it's sure. easy for me to be like, "Don't get a tattoo, easy solution, right?" <laughs> um, um, and so, but I do I do also feel like, and my the biggest deterrent for me from getting tattoos. It's funny because I've talked to students at school and like, "Oh, Mr. O, do you have any tattoos?" I'm like, "No," and they're like, "Oh, you're scared of needles," and I'm like, "No, I'm scared of." Making a bad decision. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I you know, if I got a tattoo when I was 17, I promise you that two, that tattoo would have been stupid. <laughs> like sure. really, really dumb. And yeah. Like just, I feel like doesn't everybody look back at themselves when they're 17 and 18 and go, oh my God, what an asshole. Like that person was horrible. <laughs> Actually, I did kind of want one when I was in college and I think I would have been okay with it. I don't know if it would have spoke to me as much as it did back then. I mm-hmm. wanted like a hibiscus like flower or whatever, like on my sure. shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I probably would have been fine with it now, but it's like, would I choose to do that now? Like if that was my – if I had to choose a tattoo for myself now, probably not. Yeah, no. I don't even I don't even know what I would have chosen, but it would have been dumb. I know it would have been dumb. <laughs> it wouldn't have been – well, because – okay, but that would have been okay. But at the time, right, you think about what tattoos were like – were like 
you know, popular when we were there. Oh, right. That would have been the tribal arm yeah. tattoo. <laughs> exactly. <God>. exactly. <laughs> and we're like, uh, that's okay. I prefer yeah. not to. Uh, right. But I mean, I think, how do you, th- how, how do you think Michael did trying to defuse the situation at least? I, I think he did his best while, you know, trying to not be completely well, I guess he was kind of trying to be on uh, Justine's side there, but trying to be respectful of his mom at the same time, you know, he talked to both of them. So, I mean, as best as you could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was a tough situation for him to be in. Yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of meddling mothers, uh, let's talk Mm -hmm. about Gabby and Chris. So Chris is getting released from the halfway house and Gabby says she hasn't seen him since he got there, which was about two and a half months ago. Gabby says he's definitely been up to something because his mood has been changing and she found out that he's been texting a lot of random numbers. So she has uh, access to his phone bill because she pays it. She video calls Chris and asks him about it, and he says that it's probably his hairstylist. Chris says that it could be his friends that are calling, but he's just catching up and there's nothing sexual happening. Chris depends uh, on his conversations, but Gabby says that it's not appropriate. She says that he's going to be living under her roof, and so he better be following her rules. And now, as punishment, he can figure out how to get to her house once he's released. She also tells him that they'll continue this interrogation when he gets there. Chris asks why she's even looking through his stuff to begin with because it feels like he's still in prison. Gabby then tells us that she's been hiding some things from him as well. Later, Chris's mom and brother are waiting for Chris outside the halfway house wondering where Gabby is. Chris gets out and they all wonder why Gabby isn't there. His mom is mad that they might have to take the train. Chris admits that Gabby might not show up because she's mad that he's talking to other women. And Felicia, his mom, is wondering what the heck is happening. She gives him a second phone so that way Chris has a phone that isn't being monitored by Gabby. Chris says that he wants to get into Bitcoin, but he's broke. And then that brings him to being frustrated that Gabby spent $60,000 on herself. And now she's acting like he's not anything. Chris then gets a call from Brittany, who the family seems to know. He tells her that he'll call her back. She knows about Gabby, but Gabby doesn't know about her. Felicia says that Gabby is too controlling and thinks that he should come home with them instead. Gabby is at home saying that she's been loyal and he's the one that's cheating, so why should she do anything for him? Chris is on the subway with his family and they're trying to convince him to go with him and uh, them instead. Felicia says that Gabby is trouble and just seems to want to fight based on her social media. She thinks that they're both hotheads, which Chris kind of likes about Gabby. Felicia tells Chris to call her on the phone that she gave him as soon as he can, and they say goodbye. Chris calls Gabby, and she tells him to meet her at the train station. Chris thinks he needs to appreciate Gabby and make it work with her, since she's been there for him. They'll talk about it, but only after sex, as he says. Chris goes to the station or gets to the station and he's stood up. He's waiting there for 30 minutes before Gabby calls him and tells him that she's not coming because of what he did. And, you know, she's just over the whole thing. All right. So, okay, we've kind of seen the receipts, I suppose. We've seen uh, Chris get 
a call from uh, Brittany. We've seen mm-hmm. the phone bill, which production showed us, kind of highlighting these lengthy phone calls, lengthy mm-hmm. and frequent phone calls from seemingly the same number. We know that there's been text messages exchanged because that's where Chris is trying to explain, oh, or at least give an excuse that it's his hairstylist. Do you think that Chris is being faithful to Gabby? Uh, I think he is – it depends on your definition of faithful, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where, the, that's where it comes in. I think he's absolutely flirting with other women. Sure. Um, I just don't think he has actually hooked up with any other women yet because <laughs> that's yeah. like what he kept saying. Nothing physically has happened. Nothing right. physically has happened. Right. Nothing physically has happened, right? But I think I think he's enjoying the key attention from some other for the, some other women, and he's just using the ex- he's also using the excuse of oh these are people I knew before you yeah right we're just catching up yeah we're just catching up which I think is a little um <sighs> disingenuous that's disingenuous but a little you know you can get out of it because it's like well they you just were friends with before you met me or mm. women you used to like just hook up with before you met me because yeah that's a, that's a bit different of when you're spending an hour talking to them on the phone right right at a time. right but I don't know I think Gabby should have still handled things better and she's kind of leaving him guessing as to what's right. going on the whole time which doesn't seem right yeah no it definitely doesn't but it also sounds like and this is the part that kind of confused me when gabby said oh i'm not, i'm not coming i started to walk over there but then so it sounds like she lives within walking distance of this station so why is chris just sitting there for 30 minutes why can't he just walk over by himself, yeah. It sounds like it would take less time to just walk to her house than it would for her to wait for her at the station. Unless he doesn't know exactly where it is. Yeah. Right? Which, I that's live, also I live, weird. Yeah. She was like, oh, I live within a mile of the, you know, the station just come out. That is a long – by the way, that is a long way to go. Yeah. Like, they started in the Bronx and he took right. the subway to get on the, the New Jersey transit to go out to Orange. Yeah. Like that is like almost two hours worth of traveling that he did I, to get I out kind there. I kind of feel bad for the guy just a little bit, you know. Um, it's funny that Felicia's just like, we have to take the train. And she was more upset about that, you know, because Gabby didn't come and pick them up because Gabby has a car. Because Gabby has a car. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I get that when you're like, when you do that, because it is it is like one of those things that go from – and I, it, for me, it's the bus. That's why I hate taking the bus. Like I don't – I'm not against mass transit at all. But man, the bus, it's like a place that I can drive to in 20 minutes. And I was like, well, how long does it take on the bus? It's oh, like, I know, right? It's yeah. Like, yeah, it's like an hour and eight minutes. And I was like, what? What? Well, oh my <laughs> god. That's what drives me nuts about the bus. But the, the train is better, right? Yes. Except for the fact that he had to go tr- transfer, walk from one – Subway station to Penn Station to get on the New Jersey train. Once you have to go into New Jersey, that's a whole other right. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Sure. Um, but yeah, she was mostly mad about that. Did you catch that? I'm pretty sure his mom gave him a burner. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. She gave him the phone, and mm-hmm. uh, because he asked for it. Uh huh. But she, she even said it. She was specifically like, yeah. She was specifically like, she was like, oh, give me a call tonight. Yeah. On the phone that I gave you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. And so, yeah, it's – it's, and, and the fact is like – so what do you think Chris – Chris goes back, right? Now he has to get back on the train and go take another hour, two hours to get back to the Bronx this t- tonight? Well, and then that's the other kind of thing too. It's like what do you do in a situation where you're paroled to someone's residence where they are denying that you should be there anymore? 
Right. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Do you just I'm call sure. your parole officer and be like, uh, there was an altercation and now I can't go there. So I have nowhere else to go. Or do you just like hope for the best that the parole officer doesn't like check in on you? I mean, I, I would be honest with the parole officer. I mean, yeah. you, that seems the best way to do it. Be like, hey, parole officer, this person locked the doors and won't let me in. Yeah. And I'm supposed to be here. Like, I don't know what you – you know, based on what we've seen these things, um, I don't think that he has. I mean, I don't I, – I, you'd think the parole officer's heard things like this before, right? Right, right. That's what, I'm, that's what, I, that's what I was getting at. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing too. If he is – if this is really a parole situation and not just like a, oh, I'm just choosing to live with you kind of situation, then he should know where she lives because he has to report that address to his parole officer. Yeah, it's just a tough situation to put the guy in. I mean, he's got to call his parole officer What on the first day he's been paroled. I just don't really think – I think she's handling it pretty bad, you know? Yeah, she is. She's not handling this situation. Like, she might be in the right. Who knows? But it's like, but this isn't how you deal with it or handle it. Yeah, it just seems like one of those situations where you can, you know, at least let him into the house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to sleep in a bed with you. You can talk about it in the morning and make him sleep in the couch. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I don't know that she's wrong about what she is suspicious about. Right. Yeah. Because this guy is like... I don't know. I just I get the impression he just seems like one of those people that to me seems like he's lying to us as much as he's lying to like anybody else, you know? Yes, he definitely does. All right. So let's move on to last ones where Nathan and Skylar. All right. So we pick up Skylar opening the door of her van like we saw before. And as she does, her mom and brother <sighs> – like are they they're like in position better to get there first and give her a big hug. So she hugs and kisses them, uh, kisses um, two, and they take a good look at his. She like looks at his long hair and like their matches up their arm tattoos and says that being there in person makes things seem much more real. So she says that she he says that she smells like jail, and that's when we hear about her whole wildlife. She says she was a sheltered child that started smoking weed at fourteen. Um, but it was weird the way she put it. She was like, I feel like my sheltered childhood maybe into rebel. So I started smoking weed when I was 14. And I was like, that's still your childhood. <laughs> and by the time she was in her 20s, she was taking $600 a day worth of fentanyl. So now she says she's lucky to be alive after taking so much fentanyl. So mom is thankful that Skylar is out and thinks that she was doing great at the halfway house until she had to go back to prison, which she blames Nathan for because she, that's why she missed curfew. So Nathan brought her some flowers and mom one-ups him by bringing her some, she says bougie clothes, but they were clearly from TJ Maxx. Yeah, I know that too. <laughs> which she, they say fits kind of her upbringing. So she has these designer-ish things. Again, TJ Maxx. Um, it really clashes with the shirt that Nathan got her. That was like an airbrush thing. You like get on the boardwalk at the beach. Um so she says it's – he says it's obvious that their upbringings are different and he's lucky to have uh, landed her. But this whole thing is a lot of pressure. So one hour later, they're on the road and Nathan is being kind of weirdly short and anxious because he feels like somebody in the car behind is following them. He's like, oh, I'd feel better if they weren't tailgating me. <laughs> so he takes her to a cafe and she says she's just been trying to get some good coffee because in prison she's been drinking instant coffee. Um, so pretty much everything in this cafe sounds good to her. So she's really 
um, pressed to get changed right away. And she wants to get changed and is planning on doing this in the bathroom. So they're playing all the while they're playing really tense music. And Nathan is like dripping coffee on his shirt. And he gets upset about that and goes to take a break outside. And he, he says he's very stressed about everything going right. And there's a lot of pressure and he changes his shirt in the car and just is all the while acting like really, really anxious. So Skylar comes out and it's changed and ready to go. And He's still acting weird and agitated and she notices it and she hopes that this isn't how he's going to act all the time. So then they drive to his grandma's house where they'll, be stay, where they'll be staying and he's worried because, well, it's an old lady house with old lady decorations and he didn't get a chance to do everything that he wanted to do before she got there. So then he gives her the grand tour of the place and things get tough when they get to the room they're going to sleep in, which is way too creepy and way too messy for her. There's a whole lot she wants to change about it, mostly getting the trash off the floor, but she isn't sure how much she's allowed to change because it's not really their place and what she's allowed to throw away. But she, and all the while he's like changing the mattresses out, which I really yeah. don't know why he didn't do that before. Very so confusing. She, she, she was like, well, while you're doing that, get me a black trash bag so I can start, start throwing things out. He's really irritated about that. So she says that this place has potential, but... What she wants right away is for him to just move the AC to this room so they can <laughs> sleep in comfort. So she also calls out these creepy do- the creepy dolls that we've seen and they're on the walls, all on the shelves and everything and talks more – and he talks more about how much pressure he's under to make things better. So I guess in this case better, she goes downstairs while he's still sleeping up and in this case better means dressing up like a weird creepy horror movie grandpa – I was um, so confused what was happening. He put on like khakis and a button up and then a weird old person face like mask and came downstairs. He was supposed to be like, haha, this is how long I've been waiting. I'm an old man now waiting for you to get out of prison. But then he takes off the mask and she's really into the khakis and the button up. Oh my God. <laughs> so that turns into much more playful vibe and ends with them in the bedroom together. Um so I think that really took the turn for me. It was like, really? The grandpa pants are what did it for you? The the the, the khakis and the, the old man shirt? Okay. I don't get that at all. I was so super confused. Um, yeah. I, that must have been something that they've talked about before. Because if that happened, right? Just like spontaneously. Like, let's just say your partner like came in and decided to dress up like a old person elderly person with a mask that is not a common fetish i would say like that's something you had to have discussed before right you would hope so i mean it it, you got really lucky if it wasn't something you discussed before (laughs) yeah because i didn't get the impression when he dressed up like he was trying to be sexy Right? It wasn't like, oh yeah, grandpa's uh, here. Like I, I thought it was like so. It's like, why would you do that in the, like to lighten the mood, maybe? I don't yeah. know. Why would you have it that costume weird. in the first place, though? I mean, yes, it's true. Why would you have an old man mask sitting around? I mean, it sounded like he was trying to make he said that he was trying to make a joke about like, this is how long I've been waiting. I've been waiting so long that I I've aged. Ha ha, isn't that funny? He even said he was gonna show up. At, yeah. with, at the van with that on, but then chickened out. That's weird. I, I don't get it. But I mean, good for him that she was into at least the pants, I guess. 
Yeah. I mean, she really liked those. They were just like plain khakis. Like I, man, I don't know. What, Maybe what, she just what, likes that. Well, as he says, like the middle class look. Yeah, that is. It's, which I think is funny because we have a uniform in my school and literally all the kids have to wear those khakis. And so to, so to me, it's like it's not like a middle class look as much as it's a school look. Like right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really know. I thought it was interesting because she said that they, her family was middle class. But, yeah. you know, it's like, OK, that fair. I will take you at your word if you're considering yourself middle class. But. You know, middle class isn't trying to make Chanel a habit, you know? I'm not saying that they don't have Chanel, you know, but right. it's like, but if you're making Chanel a habit, I don't know, you're making some maybe poor financial decisions there. But he made it seem like there was this huge disparity between like, you know, income levels of, but it's like she's lived in prison. It's like that all goes out the window. Yes. Anything that's like, oh, I don't know if my house will be good enough for her. It's like she just got out of literally yeah. prison. I promise prison. your house is better than that. Right. Right. But I mean, I get the um, the idea, but I also think that in a place like where they are, it's kind of a small townish place at Zanesville, mm-hmm. Ohio. It's kind of middle of nowhere, Ohio. It's not like suburban Columbus or anything like that. Yeah. It's kind of middle of nowhere that like the difference between the rich folks and the poor folks are is a little tighter Right. And so when you see somebody who shop like to him, it's like the person that shops at TJ Maxx is the rich. That's the rich family. Whoa. They went, they have TJ Maxx instead of Marshalls and Marshalls at the middle class. And like Goodwill is the the lower class. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's the kind of the way he sees it. And, you know, we, we, you know, us from places of the country where there's a lot more people that are a lot richer than that. Right. That just seems like, oh, that's. Yeah. Right. Where he sees it as this, just he sees it as this huge disparity that is, I don't know, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to me. Yeah. All right. Uh, We did not hear from Ashley or Travis this week. So out of the group, we did see who would you say is your student of the week? I'd say Michael. um, Because just for handling the conflict without escalating a conflict, um, which we tend to see. And also, Clearly taking his wife's side, right? Yeah. And it'd be like, listen, you can't just come in here and like bully her about like w- what she needs to do because that's that's not – especially because he did that specifically because he's like, yeah, they ruined a bunch of my other relationships by me kind of hemming and hawing and letting them do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to change – I'm going to change things that didn't work, which right. I always appreciate. Right. I also went with uh, Michael this week because for exactly those reasons, I felt like um, he's trying to make everyone happy, which is never going to always work. Um, so – but I mean doing his best with what he has because it just seems like – has nothing to do with anything that he's going to do. If Justine and his mom, if they have opposing opinions, they're just one of them isn't going to be happy. Yeah, that's true. That's, yeah. There's no way around it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, how about your dunce? Uh, my dunce, I went with Nathan. Okay. Um, for just being weird. Like it, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 he didn't seem and, – and I guess it's a psychological thing, so maybe it's not 100% his fault – he just – he seemed really withdrawn and he, he seemed did. like he wasn't into what was going on and he just seemed like he was somebody that you had to walk on eggshells around because yes. I don't know. You're being – this is uncomfortable to me. Yeah, and, definitely it, got a vibe but I also kind of thought that maybe he was like letting her have her moment. 
you know, I mean, with her I, family and stuff. With the family, sure, 100%. That, I was really more talking about – it was more disturbed by the parts when he was at the house and specifically when he was at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Like him at the coffee shop was just weird and him yeah. in the car was weird. It was like he he didn't seem like happy to see her. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I went with uh, Gabby because sure. it's like, sure, you have a right to be upset, but don't string your dude along after he's, you know, traveled for hours. Yes. Just to be like, I'm sure. not showing up. Yeah. Yeah. If she would have just said, uh, you can't come here tonight, and mom, he would have gone to mom's house and it'd been fine. Yeah. Like, right. So, yeah. Okay. Maybe uh, not fine, but better. Yeah. How about your <laughs> life lesson? Uh, there is never any reason to delete a contact off of someone else's phone. <laughs> yeah. That's an appropriate reason. Like that's just – no, that's off limits. Right, Don't right. So my life lesson also having to do with uh, Derek and Monique. Like uh, if you don't want to do the same things, you got to just go your own way. But don't make it a threat. You know, like, oh, well, don't come back then. Yeah, yeah. Y'all are like individual, independent people. You can't just always be with one another. You're nurturing like a dependent relationship that way. Right. It is. And it's also like not okay to be like, you did one thing I didn't like. This relationship is over. You might as well not come back. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's very threatening and disturbing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So uh, we got a trailer for uh, Life After Lockup. So uh, just a glimpse. It was just a glimpse of some of the couples. Um, okay. And it really just kind of said like, Life After Lockup is, you know, coming back. We said in February, right? So Yeah, February. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, – I can't even remember because they flashed through the couples really quickly and they only flashed through a few. But I think Justine and Michael are going to be back. Huh? Yeah. I don't know. I feel that 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 makes me go, huh? We don't know how it's going to happen in their mm-hmm. season yet, yeah. obviously. But I feel like seeing somebody twice is a thing. And then once we see him three times, I'm supposed to be like, eh, and this right. is going to be time. This will be time three for them. And then once they're back for the fourth time, I'm like, I don't want to see these people anymore. I know. <laughs> oh, uh, I think I saw uh, Sean and oh, why am I forgetting her name? Sarah, Sean and Sarah. Uh, I want to say Lindsay and Blaine, Lindsay and Blaine are on. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, those were the ones that I remember seeing. Interesting. Yeah. Sean and Sarah, go. I guess I'm okay with them because, you know, we saw Sean and Destiny for a couple seasons and we really yeah. haven't seen too much of Sarah. So it's almost like a new storyline in a weird yeah. way. Yes and no. But I, I mean, I never wanted to see more of Sean from the first place. No. In the first place. And so. it's not Sean that I'm interested in seeing. I just really <laughs> right. want to see Sarah just like – Beat Sean into dumb. submission. Like, <laughs> I want more of Sarah calling Sean dumb. Anyone yeah. who's going to be on calling Sean dumb is, right. is okay in your book. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right. But we will be back with this group uh, next week. Yep. We so will. until then, oh, it might right. be a little late because we have uh, Martin Luther King next week. Oh, so, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It might be a day later than usual, but uh, we'll be back next week. Okay. All, All right. right. Until then. Okay. Kay. All right. Bye. bye. <laughs>